The Eco Right Speaks podcast is your conservative home for weekly climate news, interviews, points of view, climate heroes, jesters, and so much more. We'll share the stories of people leading in their local communities and around the country. Welcome to the Eco Right Speaks podcast. It's brought to you by RepublicEN.org. Hello, and welcome to the Eco Right Speaks your climate-focused podcast produced by the team at republicen.org. I'm your host, Chelsea Henderson, wondering if April showers bring May flowers, what do May showers bring? Because it will not stop raining here. And I know there are parts of the country that would welcome the Mid-Atlantic region's recent rain, but I'd like a few days of crisp, sunny, 70-degree weather before we get saddled with humidity and high 90s. Enough about the weather. Today, I'm joined by Sarah Davis from Clear Skies, Texas, an organization founded by conservative Texas women concerned about the environment and climate challenges, as well as their political ramifications. Clear Skies, Texas was formed after polling of likely conservative and right-leaning voters determined that many conservative women and younger conservatives not only believe that climate change is occurring, but that action is needed to both secure Texas's role as an energy leader and provide a clean, safe environment for future generations. In 2021, seven prominent conservative women came together to form the first board of directors for Clear Skies Texas and created a nonprofit to provide resources, education, and leadership on this issue for all Texans. Today's guest you're going to love, Sarah Davis, is the director of Clear Skies Texas, a successful attorney and former state representative for Texas House District 134 in Houston, Sarah is of counsel with a national law firm, and her clients include individuals, local businesses, and Fortune 500 companies. You can tell that she is a go-getter and she gets stuff done, which is why I'm so happy to welcome her to the show. Listeners, she's going to be my new best friend. Please join me in welcoming Sarah Davis. Listeners, welcome back. I'm here in conversation over Zoom, of course, like always, with Sarah Davis from Clear Skies, Texas. Sarah, welcome to the show. Well, thank you. It's great to be here virtually. Virtually. I wish I was in Texas, although you're having a heat wave, right? Oh, well, that is Texas. We always yeah. have heat waves, but it's particularly hot for this early in May. Yeah, we we officially opened our pool last weekend. So, so my son, we didn't talk about this when we were getting to know each other before recording, but my son is in San Antonio at Trinity University. And he, we were talking on Mother's Day and he said, oh, it's like, 109 degrees here. And I was like, really? He goes, no, it's only 92, but it feels like it's 190. I was like, okay. Um, so we're, we're Northeasterners, even though we live in the mid Atlantic. So like that super hot weather is like not always our jam, but it's been so cold and rainy here that I think I would take a day of it. I'd hang out at your pool for the day. You could hang out at the pool. You know, I, uh, my lips start to get chapped and everything when I go as far North as Austin, Texas, because I'm in Houston, not only are we hot, but we are a swamp. So we have a hundred percent humidity, which I think keeps us looking young, but, um, <laughs> but, but our, our skin is definitely adapted, you know, to swamp weather down here. 
That's funny is I have an aunt who says the same thing. She's like, you're so lucky to live in DC where it's all humid and it keeps your skin so moist in your hair. So um, pro tip listeners, if you want to look youthful, move to a high humidity part of the country and we all look very youthful here. But Sarah, we did not convene to talk about skincare, although I'd love to do an episode on eco skincare products if anyone's listening and they want to um, reach out to me. You were one of the founders of Clear Skies Texas. And I'm just so, so I have this thing, right? Women, we get it done. We right. get stuff done. We see a problem. We see a vacuum. We see something that needs to be filled and we get to it. So just talk to me a little bit like behind the scenes, how Clear Skies Texas came to be. Well, it's, you know, it's really interesting. Um, we started very recently back in 2021 and we actually got our initial seed funding from the Mitchell Foundation and they had uh, conducted some polling that showed that uh, they they polled Republicans and uh, likely Republicans Mm -hmm. and the polling indicated that in fact conservative or self-identified Republican women uh, and uh, younger uh, Republicans we're actually very concerned about climate change. And no one, at least that I can tell in Texas as a Republican, are talking about climate change. In fact, it's like a four-letter word in some ways in Texas. Um, I think all of the sort of stakeholder groups dealing with the climate or the environment in general, in Texas at least, are totally dominated by the left. And so there has not been any space uh, for conservatives or Republicans um, to, to, to navigate and feel even comfortable talking about climate change or expressing their concerns about climate change. And so that's kind of how we came to be. And we really wanted, um, I think, my, I mean, I don't really consider myself an all-star cast member, but our board, you know, is pretty prominent. I mean, you've got... Uh, Julie Moore, who was life, it's been her career at Oxy, and uh, Becky Klein, who's a former uh, chair of the PUC, Carolyn Hodges, who was a former uh, president of the Texas Federation of Republican Women, and hitting on what you just said, women are the backbone of the Republican Party in Texas. We are the ones that are knocking on the doors, making the phone calls, writing the postcards, you know, really doing all the hard work. And so we've put together what I think is a pretty fantastic board of women. Uh, Sue Walden, who you may be familiar with, is uh, Congressman Dan Crenshaw's district director. Um, So we really wanted to put together some very notable, powerful Republican women um, behind this, you know, issue, uh, because we want you know, Republicans to basically wake up other Republicans and wake up. And this is not a, this is not a single party issue. This is an issue that affects all of us. And we have to come up with solutions. We can't just bury our head in the sand. And so that's kind of what we're about. So do you, um, are you in a position now where you're educating, you're trying to grow a membership, or do you advocate for specific policies or a little of all of the above? Well, we're pretty new. And so right now our focus is on not only educating others, but educating ourselves mm-hmm. because not really with a few exceptions, we are not experts on mm-hmm. climate change. So 
I, I spent 10 years in the Texas legislature as a Republican, but my legislative focus was really on health care um, mm-hmm. and, the, and the budget. So we're, but our mission really is education and, mm-hmm. and being able to provide resources. And we really do want to kind of just raise awareness and let other Republicans know, hey, if you care about the climate, there's space for you here and we want to welcome you. Um, so we're not in the position really to take uh, policy positions at this yeah. time, uh, but also the legislature only meets in Texas once every other year. Wow. So, you know, we are sort of wanting to gear up and create our membership so that when there are issues that go before the Texas legislature, we would like to be able to have a voice at the table. And we can only do that if we have kind of the numbers um, to make sure. that voice impactful. I think this is a really important what you're hitting on this sort of demystifying of the issue for people that either look at it as only something that the left cares about, or they look at it. And like you just said, you were a budget and healthcare person and, you know, climate change in so many ways is a health issue, right? And it's a budget issue. One of the things I know that I worry about as a mom of, of two Gen Zers is we have this like ginormous federal budget deficit And then we have these mounting climate costs, like the cost of inaction is a serious cost. So I think in 2021, we had 20 um, natural resource um, disasters that cost 1 billion or more. And many of these are impacts from climate change, right? Like some of the ongoing forest fires and the droughts and the hurricane hurricane harvey that destroyed (laughs) my town i mean i had to drive around and watch the contents of my constituents lives (sighs) on the curbs i had to watch apache helicopters lift my constituents off the off their roofs because the water and then a little more than a year ago i watched it snow on the beach of galveston texas Because of winter storm Uri. I don't know how you can visually see these these environmental changes and not think, hey, what's causing this? Right. That's climate change. (laughs) Um, And you talked about cost, you know. um, I serve for one uh, one session I was on the insurance committee, Mm. and I learned that um, when 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 insurance companies are, are writing or underwriting policies for property and casualty policies, they actually factor in climate change. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, I had never heard that before. And my profession is actually, I'm an insurance defense attorney. And so as soon as I heard that, I really kind of peaked up, you know, my, ear, my yeah. ears perked up. <laughs> I was like, wow. So climate change is actually having a real financial cost yeah. to businesses when they have to purchase property and casualty insurance. And so, you know, to me, I I looked around uh, the dais to see if my other Republican colleagues caught that, you know, like, did you hear what? And I even (laughs) asked the question, I'm sorry, could you repeat what you just said? Because I I hear you right. (laughs) Because I thought, wow, there, this is the insurance industry, not really known to be controlled by the far left saying we have to factor in the costs of climate change when we are underwriting uh, policies. Right. Insurers are risk averse. <laughs> They're not <laughs> risk takers. Right. And, you know, when you factor in, and I know we, 
you know, wherever you live, climate change is going to touch you. But we see, I think, very dramatically, as you just described, the impacts when you're along a coast or a waterway. It doesn't have to be, you know, an ocean if you're by a, a big river or you're in a um, any sort of area that is prevalent to flooding, you are going to be especially impacted. And 40% of Americans live within a mile of a coastline. And to me, that's just, that's almost half our population, right? That's going to see some sort of sea level rise or some sort of flooding. And, and so, yeah, it is uh, when, when the most risk averse industry is saying, Hey, we got to factor this in that should absolutely be a flag for the rest of us. That, yeah, that's what I, that's what I thought. And I'd, I'd hoped my, I'd hoped that that did not fall on, on deaf ears. (laughs) So you are a relatively new organization. What sort of obstacles have you faced in trying to sort of um, generate more support or get the word out? If any, maybe you haven't, maybe it's all been smooth sailing. Well, I think kind of just with any, you know, new organization, just kind of like make people aware that Mm -hmm. we exist. Um, We're you know, we don't have a huge budget. We have, mm-hmm. you know, our wonderful mm-hmm. executive director, Courtney, that is our, you know, our, our, that is our staff and she does an amazing job, but it's really a lot of, um, up to the board really, I think, mm-hmm. uh, to kind of get the word out. Like I've been tweeting about clear skies, Texas, and that's, you know, how, how that's how we found you. <laughs> that's how we're here today. Yeah. I actually tweeted at Elon Musk about a week ago because I had read that he was handing out some seed money mm-hmm. um, uh, for uh, organizations or businesses, you know, involved in maybe carbon recapture or reducing carbon emissions. And I, I was like, hey, Elon, we'd like some seed money. Haven't heard back. Yeah. But, well, you know, worth a he's, try. He's preoccupied. But hey, <laughs> yeah. I, my best friend always says the worst that you can do is ask and someone says no, but you well, don't know until you ask. I totally agree. That's why I thought, you know, I'm just going to ask. Maybe we'll get his attention because he certainly seems to be yeah. love Texas. So and he likes to spend money. So, <laughs> yes, yes. but I think just like like a challenge with all new organizations is really just raising awareness. Yeah. Um, we haven't had anyone be negative or push back against yeah. us, you know, at all. Um, but there's just so much going on politically yeah. that sometimes, like, especially now, it's sort of hard to cut through um, just because it's just, you know, with really? weak Supreme yeah. Court opinions yeah. and, and, yeah. and and everything, too, it, it seems to me people are so divided, you know, mm-hmm. everyone is on one camp or another. Yeah. And I represented a purple district, we'll call mm-hmm. it. So mm-hmm. I was very much a kind of a deal worker, kind of bipartisan mm-hmm. uh, legislator. And I really think that that's the way most people are, but it, we're just portrayed in the press as everybody mm-hmm. is pitted against each other. Yeah. And so I think sometimes people just, just block, oh, if you, if you say the word Republican or the word conservative, then you're painted with mm-hmm. um, this broad brush of what you stand for, even though you may not really even know. And yeah. I think Republicans do the same thing. If someone's yeah. a liberal or a Democrat, then they paint them with the same, yeah. uh, you know, with, with a broad uh, brush. So, but I do think right now it's a little bit difficult um, just sort of getting through all of the noise of, of, of all of the different issues that are taking yes. place right now. Now continue on the Eco Rights Speaks podcast. Visit republicen.org online to sign up and stand with us. 
And, you know, Texas, I think, is just a ripe place to have a vibrant climate conversation because obviously you have uh, oil and gas industry, but you also are the number one wind producing state. Yeah, I, I'd always thought it was strange uh, after the winter storm, Uri, when millions of people literally yes. had no power for weeks. Uh, we had people freeze to death. We had people yes. die of carbon monoxide poisoning because they were burning things to keep warm inside their home. Um, and sort of some of the Republican response was that, you know, it was all based on renewable failure. And yeah. it's like, well, that's, that, 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 that's not really true. I mean, if there's no wind, obviously, you know that. But I mean, Texas has as a huge producer, we may be the number one producer of wind energy in yes. the country. And I don't know why anyone should be shying away from that. Those policies that created that were, were originated by Republicans. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know why we don't want to embrace the vast amount of renewable resources we have in Texas, because we are such a huge state. I don't think if you're from Texas, you really understand, like you can drive all day and never <laughs> leave the state. Whereas in the Northeast, you can drive for three hours and go through four states. So our topography, our <laughs> landscape is so different. We have so our, re- our resources are so rich. And, when, and of course, we have our oil and gas resources and at Clear Skies, Texas, we're not anti-fossil fuels yeah. by any means. Um, obviously, as an important role, if not a vital role in the Texas economy. Um, but that doesn't mean that we should be relying solely on, yeah. on fossil fuels and that we, we shouldn't acknowledge that, that, that there's, there's adverse consequences yeah. to consumption of fossil fuels. I mean, I... I'm where I am today because of fossil fuels. I mean, both of my grandfathers spent their lives working in the coal mines of West Virginia. Mm-hmm. My dad graduated from the University of West Virginia with a degree in petroleum engineering. And I grew up in the oil patches of Oklahoma, Colorado, and Texas. Yeah. So yeah. we're not an anti-oil and gas organization whatsoever. Um, we just believe that they're, you know, either a free market can solve some of these issues mm-hmm. or you can have a top-down government you know green new deal totally restructuring really the way you know we do business and I mean that's not that's not the way I want to go yeah and you know our listeners know that at republican.org we're very fond of the carbon tax which obviously would and some of those oil and gas um, companies have come out in support of a carbon tax right I think we all know, we all see sort of the writing on the walls that something needs to happen. But as you said, we got to navigate these muddy waters to find that center. And I really do believe, and we've long time said, for anything to be durable, any sort of climate policy to be durable, it does have to be bipartisan. Because otherwise, we're just going to be in this flip-flop, like lights on, lights off, depending on who's in power. And Industry doesn't want that, right? They need regulatory certainty. They need to know what their investments are going to be look like 20, 30 years from now. And they don't want to invest in technologies today that are either going to be outdated or not necessary in right. 10 years. Oh, I think regulatory certainty is so important. And I think that's across, across all industries. Mm-hmm. I mean, just as a lawyer, I need certainty on you know, the judiciary, I need to be able to, you know, you, in order to really plan for the future, you, you have to, you know, you have to have that consistency. Um, and I agree, but really 
we can find bipartisan solutions. Yeah. We've done things. We've, we've come together as a nation in the past mm-hmm. um, and we can do it again. Uh, it seems to be like it, it's harder and harder to think that we can. But I really think that the average, what I call like citizen, you know, is probably center left and, or center right. And mm-hmm. really, we all want the same things, right? Yeah. We all want clean water, clean air. We all want to leave this planet better for our children yes. than when we inhabited it. Yeah. Um, because you, we're all humans. So yeah. it's just, can how do, how do we, you know, how do we cut through everything and, and, and get there? And unfortunately, there's a lot of groups that make so much money from creating the division. You know, there's all these yeah. groups whose sole purpose of existence is to raise money so that they can divide. Yeah. Um, which is why I like our nonprofit, you know, um, space. And, you know, we're not, you know, we are, we, we're not in existence to try, you know, to divide. Right. We really just want to, to provide a space for Republicans, independents, you know, anyone who doesn't feel like they have a home mm-hmm. uh, on climate issues if, with the left then we yeah. want to talk to you and we want to hear what you have to say and uh, we want to work with you. Well, I think, I know your baby organization, but I think we need clear skies in all the States. So maybe you can start to franchise out anyone. If you're listening and you live in another state where you just think women are going to get it done, we can get it done. Conservative women, especially uh, maybe I can connect them to you, to the Mitchell Foundation, whatever. I think that this is a great idea. I'm all for empower women, empowered women, empowering other women and having those conversations and just growing the movement. That's what we need. And I'm just so happy you're out there. I feel assured knowing that uh, this movement is in your very capable hands, your board's very capable hands. It's- well, our, our board is pretty amazing. I'm really lucky to be a part of it. And, you know, it's a topic that is scary, you know, to Republicans or to anybody, you know, it's, Mm -hmm. it can be very scientific. It can be very intimidating, but we don't want it to be that way. And, you know, we just want to be able to work together and, and really focus on market driven solutions, um, you know, as opposed to, you know, what, what, you know, what we would see is, you know, in Texas, we're very anti-government. So we don't, you know, don't think that the government is the solution to all of our problems. Um, but yeah, we, I just, I just encourage everyone, whether, no matter what state you're in, you know, to look for organizations. And if there isn't one, then let's create one. Yeah. Create because it. that's what we do as women, yeah. like you said, yeah. we solve problems. Yeah. I'm here for it. So I just thank you so much for your time and your energy and everything that you're doing. And maybe at some point we can do an event in Texas with you. I think that would be really fun to do some sort of joint event. And, you know, when we're having, I mean, I, we're, we're starting to have events, so I shouldn't say when we can do that. We have been um, traveling and, and hosting, you know, just small gatherings because, you know, while you know, you think, oh, well, if there are only 50 people or even 20 people, does it make a difference? We know that it's, you know, every person matters and every person's voice matters. And sometimes I think you can really move people um, when you have more of an intimate, smaller gathering and people really can feel seen and they can feel heard and they feel they have that safe space to, to both be seen and heard. So yeah, 
Let's Especially on an issue like climate, because mm-hmm. I just think that there's so many Republicans that are just maybe afraid to talk mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. And so we don't need to have 500 people in a room worried if somebody's going to get heckled or not. Right. Right. Let's let's have a conversation with 10 people. But, you know, Texas, we're definitely open for business. And then and, <laughs> and uh, there's uh, we're uh, there are definitely uh parties and luncheons and all sorts of affairs that are going forward. But no, we'd love to, to host, uh, host y'all in Texas. We of course have wonderful barbecue. Yes. I want some of that barbecue. We'll hang out at the pool and we'll talk about climate change. (laughs) And hopefully it won't be over a hundred degrees because I will melt. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for your time. And I hope we can continue the conversation. So do I thank you so much. Price, I feel like I met my new best friend in Sarah Davis. She's fantastic. I can't tell if you were fangirling or if you guys were like just completely hitting it off as new BFFs. Like you guys were in synergy, man. Yeah, yeah. I definitely want to have her back on the show. And I just wish we could like clone her. We want one of Sarah in every state. We really need that. Well, it's pretty awesome when you look at a state like Texas, not going to get into all the obvious reasons why, but the fact that they're starting a group. I thought some of the points that she made, especially, you know, about conservative women, you know, look how just talking about just how invaluable that they are to solving this problem and coming to yeah. the table in Texas is a place where it begins and where yeah. it could end. So I thought that was really uh, awesome. Yeah, her her enthusiasm is just contagious, and I really enjoyed that conversation. Listeners, if you want to know more about Clear Skies Texas, you can find their website. It is clearskiestexas.org, and you know, give them a follow on social media. They're a new organization, so they're building their base, um, but they are really fantastic, and of course, we love the mission. Yeah, we certainly do, and uh, hope want to support uh you know folks like that you know we we've just come so far with groups on the eco right you know now like you know a new group like clear skies texas you know there just seem to be kind of new ones that pop up you know here and there whether they're at the state level whether at dc federal you know grassroots i mean we we've got company now and that that's a good thing on the eco right because remember when we were all alone oh it was so lonely it was lonely it was lonely but not anymore because that's why you know people ask me quite often like are you are you guys seeing progress well you know that's that's another data point that you can kind of point to 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 show that there is progress because when you have more and more groups that are you know hopping on to the eco right train and that are popping up to do the kind of work, you know, whether it's grassroots, whether it's top down, whether it's you know, whatever it may be, state level, that that's that's progress. People see a need in the space and they're working in that space. And I think it's fantastically awesome. And it's just what we need. And we appreciate uh, the need, Sarah, coming on with us. Well, you know what else we need is we need more engaged members of Congress. So I feel like this is a nice segue into Letting our listeners know that next week's guest is Congressman Byron Donald. I almost said Douglas Donalds. Byron Donalds from Florida. He represents the district. He's a freshman and he represents the district that was once occupied by friend of the pod, Francis Rooney. 
So, um, and Price just went on a field trip with Bob. So he and Bob will talk about that field trip. <clears throat> Excuse me. They'll talk about that field trip and some of the stuff that they saw and learned and the makeup of his district and um, the issues that he's passionate about. So stay tuned, listeners, for that next week. Yeah, it was great. Uh, the field trip we had down in Naples, taking him out on a boat and with several staff members and folks in the industry. You know, appreciate American Water Security Project for helping co-sponsor that. Robin Rosario with Pure Florida. A lot of folks that came to the table. If you want to read more about that field trip, you can on our website, uh, on our blog section, or you can go to republican.org forward slash field trips where you can see a write-up of, of all the field trips we've done. So we've got more planned for this year, Chelsea. And so planning is, is what we do, and we're planning to, uh, you know, again, get you know Bob out and about in the summer months. And, you know, we've got events that are coming up. If you're interested in having Bob talk to your organization, you know, student group, um, Rotary Club, chamber, whatever it might be, uh, please drop us a line. You know, we're going to set up, you know, some events with our local Republicans. Bob's going to be in Coral Gables and South Florida here in, in early June, uh, be in DC, uh, later this week. Um, we've got, uh, Sarasota coming up. Uh, we've got North Carolina. We've got, uh, New York at the beginning of July. And then we're going to be out in the Western part of the country, Indiana, or excuse me, uh, Idaho, Utah, Eastern Washington, and we got some happy hours coming up that we're going to be doing in Indiana. We'll have more on that a little bit later. Uh, stay tuned for information on that. But we've uh, we've got a lot planned for the summer, but we'd like to have even more. So if you would like to have yeah. a Bob or somebody from our team, please drop us a line. You know, I just had this idea, Price, too, like book clubs. I can talk to book clubs. So, you know, Catherine Hayhoe's book, Saving Us, I don't know, pick the book. And we can talk about climate change over Zoom, like whatever. Like we are so creative and flexible and we just want to um, be in all your lives. <laughs> so find a way to, to get together with us or invite us to your event and um, we'll do what we can to be there. That's right. Price at Republican.org. Let me know if you've got something that you want us, Bob, uh, any of our team to be a part of. We would love to. To join with you, we would love for you to stand with us and join with us at republican.org forward slash join. Also, if you have not subscribed here to this podcast, we would love for you to do so by going to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your weekly podcast. This one, other ones, uh, just hit that subscribe button so you have a new episode coming to you every Tuesday. We will be taking a little bit of a break uh, in July. We will be coming back. Yes, we will be back for another season starting in August. So make those plans by subscribing now. And you can go back and listen to, if you this is your first one, there are episodes galore in the queue. You can go back and pick one that might look uh, be of interest, that might look good. Uh, you know, a lot of uh, evergreen interviews that are just, they stand the test of time. They're not exactly, you know, uh, timed on new specific events. So you can always go back and listen to an episode that you might have missed. Uh, it's always a good time to do that, especially as we'll take a little bit of a break, catch our breath and recharge in July as we get ready to bring you more content and interviews later this year, Chels. That's right. And we're already um, amassing that list of who our next season's guest will be. So um, have some ideas, send them my way. But otherwise... Well, we appreciate everybody downloading, listening, subscribing, any feedback. We always love it, uh, giving us a rating review. But as always, it is about our listeners, and we thank each of you right now tuning in. 
And we hope you'll tune in again next week when we have Congressman Byron Donalds for you. Something you don't want to miss. Until then, Chelsea, we will talk to you then. Have a great week. See you then. Thanks for listening to this week's edition of the Eco Right Speaks podcast brought to you by the team at RepublicEN.org. Make sure to visit RepublicEN.org to learn more and find out how you can be a local eco-right leader.